0: Welcome to HR & Cocktails, brought to you by Prescott HR, home of Unintimidated HR, the show for business owners and executives to learn more about all aspects of human resources with your host, Kimberly Prescott. Thank you for joining us for this episode of HRN Cocktails. I am very excited. I have several guests today. Um, And so we're gonna go ahead and get started with introducing them. Of course, we are still doing the social distancing edition. So we are on Zoom, but um, you can't see us, but I have several awesome people. And I do wanna give a shout out to Tom. He is looking super sharp in his birthday business suit. I'm not gonna say birthday suit because they can't see it. So his business suit, he, business suit, he's looking pretty sharp. Since it's your birthday, we'll let you go first. So you can go ahead and introduce yourself, Tom. Thank you, Kimberly. And by the way, you're awesome, right? So it's uh, Kimberly and I met,
1: you know, months ago and um, struck up a good conversation. And one thing led to the next. And here we are doing this podcast. And of course, I feel like I'm part of a big all-star team with you all out there, reaching out to Frank and Jeff and making this happen today, which is exciting. Um, so Tom Herb here on the podcast uh, this afternoon. I am the uh, sales vice president in the Mid-Atlantic region for a company called Paycor. So my responsibility is to oversee everything from Eastern Pennsylvania, Southern New Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, DC, and all of the great state of Virginia uh, and all of the Paycor associates with that net geography. So happy to be here this afternoon with the team. Thank you, Kimberly.
0: Yes, awesome, thank you. And we also have Jeff Martin. Jeff, can you introduce yourself?
1: Yes, hello and happy
2: birthday to my boy. Uh, My name is Jeff Martin. I'm the CEO of University Recruiters. We're a recruiting agency uh, that helps find people jobs, and I'm excited to be on here with these guys. Uh, Frank, it's finally good to see you, kind of in person, but not really, Um, and I appreciate you having me on.
0: Yes, awesome, and then last but definitely not least, we have Frank Mangert, and I've heard so many awesome things about you, and I'm a little intimidated because he has his own show. So I'm hoping that I'm I'm going to be living up to the expectations because his show is pretty popular. So um, Frank, can you introduce yourself, please?
3: Yes, great! I'm really excited to be here. So thank you, Tom. Uh, Happy birthday! Thanks for for carving out time for us. Uh, We'll we'll make sure we have some fun today. My name is Frank Mangert. I'm the the founder and creative visionary of EBM and we are an HR technology firm. We work with insurance brokers, consultants, and carriers all across the US to, li- to deliver HR technology solutions, specifically in the employee benefit space. Uh, but, but our solutions do a host of different things among features and functionality. So we get to, we get to see a lot from the HR experience, the carrier side, uh, the broker side. So we, we see a lot and, uh, and it's been an exciting time. So really excited to share today
0: awesome so today we're going to talk about how we can transform businesses using technology and so all of you are in the technology space, um, you know, you touch different pieces of technology, some a little bit of overlap, but I really want to just talk about how we can impact big, impact businesses with technology, and I think that the first thing that's important to think about is how technology, I mean, at the end of the day, businesses choose technology um, because they want it to meet their needs, but much of the need, particularly for the type of software that we have, much of the top technology that we have um, and that we're gonna talk about is really going to impact the employee experience. So when we think about employee experience, what does that mean to you? And anyone can jump in and kind of talk about what employee experience means and then we can um, dive into the software.
3: Well, uh, I can start by, by saying what, what I think the employee experience is, is, is actually a real experience. Um, and it's the feeling. I, I think people get confused when we hear about the employee experience, we see a lot of big tech firms that have slides in their office and ping pong tables and, and all these beer taps and all this cool stuff that seems cool. Um, but, but is that what's attracting someone to your company? And we've tried some of these things that our company, we've hopped on the bandwagon ourselves to, to, to bring in and introduce different things to our team to, to make it okay. Other folks are doing it. Is it working? Cause perceptually you see, if Google is doing it, then maybe other firms should be doing it as well. So it's not a, I don't think the employee experience is so much an object that you can touch and feel, but, but something that's inside the employee, the feeling that they actually get um, when I'm, when, when an employee is getting ready to, to show up for work in the morning, are they excited um, or are they dreading it and saying, I wish I was doing anything else, but going into work today. So there's, I, I feel like for me, it's more, of a feeling and and, and less of, of some type of shiny object that can be thrown at an employee. Jeff or Tom?
2: Yeah, I, I first of all absolutely agree. And it's different for everybody. Um, for me in my business, you know, the experience is all about upfront, right? How they treat you, how they bring you in, how they talk to you, did they make you feel good? Did you know, do they have the right software right now that it's remote? How do they handle the onboarding? And that typically, in my world, sets up the way they think about the company, right? If I set up and I have, we have 20 interviews today, I know that one of those interviews is gonna have probably not a good experience. It doesn't matter how much the money is, the guy was late or the girl was late to the call, and then the link they send me didn't work to fill out the app. You know, Jeff, I'm just not feeling it. Literally, they're done. Um, so for me, it's, it's the front end of welcoming these people in and treating everyone like a fair shot versus hiring managers, literally showing up an hour late just cause they're busy. Well, if I was an hour late for the interview, you're not going to hire me.
1: Um, so that's, that's my take on that. Yeah, certainly, you know, agree with you guys. And I would say, you know, it's interesting. Our teams now that everyone's kind of on zoom or type of a video platform, I'm starting to go to, to determine through the video, whether or not they're having a good, a a good experience. What I mean by that is I can, I can sense when people are engaged and people, when they truly believe in what they're doing out there, they believe in the mission, they believe in their leadership, they believe in their team, they believe in their people. And when people have, I call it the, uh, the curtain open, which of course for me is a big preference. Don't close the curtain, right? On these video calls, we can get a good feeling on whether or not that experience is going well overall. Um, so it's just something that, you know, you have, having passion for what you do every day, you can sense it in their voice, you can start to see it in their body language, and it's also easy to see the other side of the coin when they're not having a good experience, you know, when you're conducting those pulse, pulse checks with your people uh, on the other side, so.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and as we talk about how we can use technology to, um, you know, and digital resources to um, impact business, when we think about the employee experience, I mean, to Frank's point, you can have all of those bright, shiny things, but if I can't see my pay stub, if I don't know, if I, if I can't find my benefits um, coverage card, if I, you know, don't know who to speak to when I get to that interview, I'm not going to have a good experience and there are definitely ways that we can do that and use technology to make sure that we are creating that experience and that you know we're not just playing lip service to making sure that employees have the resources that they need so as we think about the resources that employees need um, you know now we're in this remote environment we're working remotely a lot more often than we had in the past Um, how do you think that remote resources are impacting employee experience at this time
3: i'll tell you this what we've seen is a lot of companies that were not set up for this or maybe we're thinking about you know we want self-service we know we need it you know we kind of dipped our toe in the water a little bit and then the the country got shut down and it was like the force of being you you now need self-service is a must So I think a lot of companies had to make some real quick actions there to to put some measures in place to be able to service employees and to have continuity within their workforce. Unfortunately for a lot of HR folks, they they weren't equipped with it. They had to make rush decisions. And and I, I think a lot of what we've seen has come out of now a necessity. If we think of ACA and the impact of ACA, it, the IRS was, was going to fine you if you didn't in, in implement specific employee benefits. And then they wanted checks and balances in place for ACA for 1094, 1095. Employers were forced to adapt to technology. Sort of, again, in the same vein now, employers are forced to have self-service. It's almost impossible to push paper with a workforce of a couple hundred or even 50 or 60 employees that are all distributed across the U.S., so the self-service piece has become more important than ever because it's almost impossible to communicate with a distributed workforce and not have a
1: technology solution in place. That's a great point, Frank. So, you know, the buzzwords leading up until, you know, what we all have been going through since March, April timeframe were digital transformation. You know, been in technology now for 15 years, over 15 years, and they've always been around. Digital transformation, we're gonna transform, right? And all of a sudden overnight, everyone was pushed into digital transformation. You know, I kind of thought about, hey, you know, there were folks that were still kind of uh, in, the, in the old school, right? Some folks in the new school, and it's like everybody got kicked out of old school, right? There's no more old school, no more old school ways of thinking. Like, it's, you, we're all forced into this new way of thinking, behaving, and implementing different things. And just like Frank mentioned, I mean, a lot of folks, are, it feels like they're being rushed to make a decision. Uh, so it's our responsibility out there as thought leaders, as experts in these, in these different areas to really consult and make sure they're making the right moves. Uh, but it's a lot of folks who are really, you know, pushing that direction through everything that we're going through right now. So it's paramount, you know, that these ones that, you know, probably only technology roadmap or strategic initiatives, you know, things that maybe were more longer term, maybe several years out, got reared, reeled into the front. And, and here we are navigating through this process.
0: Yeah. And, you know, the word transformation is is, it's a nice word, but it implies that there was some thought that was put into it. Um, And in many instances, uh, there there wasn't. And I think that it's important for people to understand that while they may have right now what I like to call a Frankenstein monster of processes that they've just had to piece together, it's not too late to put some meaningful thought into how you are going to manage your remote environment uh, moving forward. Because the reality is, is that we're going to be in this remote environment for at least what the next 12 to 18 months. So now we have to be intentional and really create some processes and think about the systems that we're using because this is no longer a short-term decision. So with that being said, Jeff, I just want to ask you, what are some of the best practices in remote recruiting? And you know, because I know that your business has been on the cutting edge of making sure that remote Um, recruiting and using technology has really been, um, the backbone of how you've run your business. So can you talk to us about some of those best practices and what, um, we can learn from that? Just like
2: the other guys talked about it's, it's 99.99% of everyone is thrown into it, right? So they're scrambling, they're figuring out now we're six, seven months in, we're starting to get what that looks like. How do you do a video call? What do you do? Does that person, you know, have to wear a suit if they're at home? You know, it's crazy. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Um, you know, I think going back to the topic, um, software, right? Recruiting used to be give me a resume. I literally walk it, hand it off. You know, when you come in, you can do some paperwork. And I think software nowadays, it's something that I never cared about because I was old school, right? And I'm kicked out old school now. Um, and my clients... Right. How to track them applicant tracking systems. Now, right. Those stocks are booming because you need them. Um, And, and processes that are put in place, right. Software can manage all this because you got, we have a company that has 10,000 employees. Every manager is in a different state. When are they going to interview? Right. All that um, is now technology and i think recruiting firms and even companies that aren't recruiting firms that are that are still fortunate to be recruiting are looking at those technologies more than ever right because it's hard to juggle all that now when you know these guys were saying everyone's remote and you're interviewing across the country and it's one piece of paper and documents to fill out and so to answer your question it's 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 technology, we've always been on the technology side, but from a recruiting standpoint, once we get you, I have to hand you off. So my process could be 2020 looking good, I hand you off to a dinosaur, makes me look like crap. Um, So I keep pushing my clients to what do you, you know, just like Tom said, there is no more old school. What are you using? Call somebody, I have referrals, get software. That is going to getting back to your original question, give you know Kimberly when she comes in a good first impression. Of, oh, they got their stuff together. Versus, I mean, I've seen nightmares and everyone gets a pass because we're all scrambling, but the pass is over. We're seven months in. You know, get a hold of one of these guys and get some software it is my my quick and easy.
0: So have you seen um, where, you, you know, you've handed someone off to a dinosaur? Because, you know, much, um, there's a misconception that the recruitment process is one way that the employer is evaluating the candidate, which is not necessarily the truth. It's a two-way evaluation. So have you seen where a candidate has gone into a client that's a dinosaur and the, the candidate made a decision that due to lack of whatever technology being in the 21st century that that might not be a good fit for them daily yeah
2: right now it's a little different like i i have people you know if your office is old school you know let say old school right like now it's a little different because it's all digital but every day right they would walk in and say i just didn't get the vibe it didn't look right the way they do things um and now we're getting that at a higher level of you know, their interview stunk. They didn't have good software. What's wrong with these people, right? You know, we're on a FaceTime. Have they ever heard of Zoom? That's unprofessional. You know, they're having me fill out PDF forms versus now everyone sends you a link to apply. So I have, I mean, it's the first impression of, you know, if they're turned off, right? It's like, ah, eh, I got other opportunities. Not everybody, but some people have many, many, and I'm heavy in the mortgage space right now, which is like, one of the things that's on fire. They have so many opportunities that if you don't knock it out of the park, make them feel like they're the most special person in the world. Show them why you're different. We're going to send you all your technology equipment via overnight. You're not. You're not getting that person. Yeah. So to answer your question, I see it all the time. Right? Yeah. People want, as Frank was saying, you know, and some of it's perception. The Google type company. Give me that cool, sleek, right? I push a button, I apply, my check count, you know, all that stuff. So I see it all the time.
0: Well, if you work for Paycor, you get awesome stuff like this. So I'll just say that. I have uh, um, an insulated wine um, cup with a lid, which is awesome. And when we get to our cocktail, I will tell you what I plan to put in there. But yes, I agree. Lots of things that people are looking for. So you know from a recruitment perspective that before i even accept the job people are looking for certain things once they get into the workplace they're looking for other things they're looking for an onboarding experience they're looking for learning management platforms making sure their paycheck is on time and they can look at their pay stubs so tom that's where you come in can you talk to us about what impact having a solid hris and payroll platform can have for an organization, particularly from um, making sure that the employees are having the type of experience that they need to have.
1: Yeah, absolutely, so it's interesting, Kimberly, you know, the last, uh, I'd say 120 days, we've been in a variety of different conversations, my team about 30 strong out there, and you know we got everything from companies that have technology in place already, they just wanna make it even better, and ones that have really nothing in place, and it's been manual forever, right? So, and everything in between, and you know really it's kind of the old crawl before you walk walk before you run mentality you know we understand that hey someone that's going from basically all manual process today to perhaps you know unified system everything automated in the future you know it doesn't just happen overnight right there's change management there are things that have to happen you know a lot of things go on behind the scenes with their clients to make sure that goes down the right way but I, i will tell you you know, for the ones that have already crossed over that bridge and stepped into the new systems, yes, it requires ch- ch- uh, change management. Yes, it requires training. We got to evaluate the uh, the adoption rate and make sure that, that, that the whole transition readiness process is in place to really turn them over. Um, but the, the experience now is much different, right? We have clients that it used to be day one you would show up, right, in their office, in their boardroom or a conference room, and here comes that two-inch thick packet of paper on your lap, to fill out for your first five hours, right? Say, you guys, was with me on that one, right? And you're, and you're dreading that moment. You're like, oh, you know what? I gotta sit here with a pen and start signing my life away on all these documents. I'm not gonna read any of it, right? And then I'm gonna shove it in this folder, give it back to you. And then maybe by the end of day, you can actually step into the business a little bit, right? Um, whereas now, right, we're t- we can obviously take all that so that day one, even though it's like this on a screen, right, all of that has, has gone away right, all that entire process and, we, and we've helped out. So, yes, there I would say there are specific situations where it can be very beneficial. However, we also know that you just can't, you know, turn it upside down overnight or just make the change overnight. It's a it's a gradual process. And it's so important that, you know, we, we are with our people all along the way, our clients, all right, to ensure that there's a smooth transition. It's not gonna be perfect, right? There's gonna be bumps in the road. There's gonna be people stubbing their toe along the way. But in the end, companies that are going from where they once were six months ago to where they are now—you know—many are in a better place or will be in a better place as each quarter comes around. Um, but a lot of folks are out there evaluating right now because it's it's much needed. You have to make that change.
0: Yeah, it definitely is, and I think you make a good point, Tom, around the patience and the adoption rate because I'm sure you find the same thing. But when I go into clients and I meet with them, and they're like, "Oh." you know, I need to look at this system, a lot of times it's because it wasn't implemented properly. They didn't take the time to properly implement the product and to utilize it to its maximum capacity. So I think it's very important, A, that there is buy-in, that there's buy-in from the top, um, because sometimes there's a person who's empowered to make the decision, the top isn't bought in, so it's not fully utilized. And that it's implemented properly and that they do go through a change management um, process because it is much larger than just saying, hey, we have a new company that's processing our payroll or, hey, there's a new way that you're going to request time off um, because it can create an entire Pandora's box if it's not handled properly. Um, and so um, I think that that kind of brings us to um, to Frank and, you know, what the services that you provide for employers, particularly around benefits and the benefit experience, because I will tell you, I have one client right now. Um, they have about 60 employees and they are dispersed. Um, don't ask me why if they have an October one. Go live date on benefits, and they have not done open enrollment yet. We're not even going to talk about that. Um, But the um, representative asked me, um, she said, Well, do you think I should put the app, the request, um, the benefits booklets in the mail? And I was like, No, for a lot of reasons, we shouldn't put them in the mail on, you know, September 14th or whatever day it was um, for an October 1 start date. But talk about how you can impact the um, employee experience around benefits and managing benefits, not just for the employee, but quite honestly, the company experience as well.
3: Well, you you mentioned a couple of things earlier that the top down approach, I think it's extremely important because you can implement a technology solution. And if the HR person is, if the employee is still going to walk in the office and they ask the HR person a question and the HR is going to say, okay, sure, I'll get that done. Or here it is. Then it's going to slow down the process. The The, the best practice is you roll out a system that's meant to be 24, 7, 365. Someone asks HR a question like, yep, it's online. It's in our portal. And you start redirecting because the older, old the employees that have been there will continue to go to HR. A new new hire that comes out if they're trained the correct way that they're gonna go utilize the system, leverage the technology, they're, they're always gonna go there. But it's the other employees, you gotta get them into that mentality of actually using the system. And if you think about it now more than ever, but we live in an instant gratification society. If, if we want it, we get it now. Like I can order something today in, in Amazon down the street. I can go pick it up in a locker in a couple hours. So we, anything we want, you, you want a date, you go on Tinder, you got Grubhub, you got all these things that we can have it now. And the workforce is in that same mentality. If we want it, we want it now. And if you want something for your employee benefits and you have to wait, or you can't enroll, or you go like, like Jeff said, you go start a new job at a company and they hand you that stack of paper. You're like, really? Like, how is it? It's 2020. And you're, you're still doing this. So the, the buy-in needs to be from HR, um, from the top down, but in flow through HR, HR also needs to be bought in. Most employees Embrace technology. A lot of times, HR makes excuses say, Oh, our employees, they don't have smartphones. Almost, I think the stats are upwards of 80% of people have a smartphone. So, and most people use the internet on their smartphone. They don't even have, or in their, their phone as their primary device. So, they don't even have a regular phone at their home. So, HR makes some of those excuses, and I think they need to get over that. Um, and I'll tell you this, for a company to implement a technology solution, like I think Tom said, it was alluding to earlier, it doesn't need to be everything all at once. You can start and go and, and be comfortable rolling things out in pockets. And you may, have, you may have this 60 employees, you may have this group here, let's just Take them, for example, if you get 30 of the employees to go all electronic and the rest of them, you kind of get them gradually and get everyone electronic, you're doing half of the work for your open enrollment. Um, those paper booklets that get handed out, my mother works for a, a grocery store chain and I, I, she showed me her benefit booklet, 11,000 employees. And I was like, what? And I'm flipping through it. I'm studying it, taking it apart. And I'm like, well, did you see this here? And she's like, I didn't even read it. You know what? No one reads it. And it was well put together. It was a nice book. It was probably 40 pages, binded, everything. I don't know what the company spent on these. Employees don't read them. If they're handed out in a meeting physically, they put them in the back seat, their trunk, they never even open them again. So those benefit booklets, I think, are, should be gone forever. Make the electronic one and, and include it in the portal. And that's it. So they have it there. But yeah, there's so many different ways to leverage technology, but it doesn't need to be all, you don't need to go all in, just do it in phases. And, and you said it just a little bit ago, implementation, we see technology regret so often. It, uh, implementation, you have to dedicate the time. If you don't have the time to do it, then wait until, so you ha- you do have the time and, and because garbage in, garbage out.
0: Absolutely. And so as we think about technology holistically, does anyone have like any success stories where they've seen um, technology just really um, have such a positive impact on either an organization or a particular situation where you could walk away and say, hey, this is the beacon for what technology can look like and how it should look if it's utilized properly?
1: I'll, I'll say this, Kimberly, around all this technology. So we, we're, on, we're on one end of the spectrum with, you know, limited to no technology or some technology and ramping them up and getting them into the companies that have, they believe all the technology in the world. And to Jeff's point, those candidates that, that love that stuff, right? They wanna be all in, they step in day one. The watch out would be, maybe they came from a dinosaur organization or someone with limited technology, they get in there and they have so much at their fingertips. One, they don't know how to access and tap into each one the right way right, to cybersecurity, right? I mean, right now, I think cybersecurity training and awareness, I, I get notifications every now and again from employees of mine that clicked on something, right? Somebody sent them something via email or they went somewhere they weren't supposed to go and next thing you know, it was us you know, doing something internally and they get thrown into a training, you know? So I think that, you know, there's, there's I think there's a sweet spot there where there's the right technology, right, to get the job done and, and this isn't, isn't a success story, this is in general and then there might could be a situation where there's too much going on you know, for the environment, right? Where things kind of cross over and overlap. I think we've all seen that movie before as well. And um, I think through all that, I was, where I was going with it was that, uh, just something to be mindful of just sharing on the podcast that cybersecurity right now, I think is, is extremely important as we all know, even before this whole virtual world, uh, but more now than ever with with employees clicking around all day long from sunup to sundown, needs to be at the forefront as far as the, uh, you know, the, the initiatives and the objectives.
3: Yeah. I would just add in an overall success story. I mean, we see different phases of what would be considered success. I think any, if someone is in HR right now and then they're nodding their head saying, yes, this is us. We have, we're old school because there's still a lot of companies out there that are still pushing paper. We're onboarding a client right now with a thousand employees that have all manual processes in place. It's, so it's still very common out there, even for large organizations, not, it's not just the small companies. So any HR person out there that's nodding their head saying, yep, we're the old school company. I would say, don't be afraid to start doing things because a lot of times they've got a new job. They've gotten the job at the company. They just inherited the old, the old bad practices. They, they took on a role and it's just been done that way forever. And they're doing things manually. And it's so crazy how often people will find out how easy it is to automate things. People that are, Oh, we store that in Excel or we have a workbook or they whip out like a journal and they're like, yeah, this is where we keep everything. Uh, I would say, Don't be afraid. Technology can be intimidating. Uh, Bring bring in an expert. It's okay to to bring someone in to say, we don't know what we want yet, but we need to start somewhere. And here's, here's, here's what we think we need right now. And go down the evaluation path and really start asking questions. But I would say if you can have an expert, if you could bring in someone who's kind of going to be agnostic, uh, that's the best way there because you're, they're going to help you find out what your must haves are, what your nice to haves are, what you need right now, and what you might need in 18 months from now.
0: Yeah, and I definitely think that, you know, there are a lot of clients that I see that sometimes don't even know that technology exists to do the things that they need. It's really interesting to me when I talk to people and I'm like, well, have you thought about a system that can do X, Y, and Z? They were like, oh, I didn't know that. I could do that. And I'm like, yes, there are multiple companies that can do that. Let's do some demos. Let's, you know, show you what, and at the end, when you see their face and they're like, I had no idea that I could have something that could take my information and people could input their benefits into one system. It automatically changes their um, elections and payroll and then sends the information to the carrier. I didn't know this thing could happen. Right. Um, So um, it is interesting to see that and it's important for business owners to understand um, and HR professionals alike that there's there's probably a technology to do almost anything that you can do in your business there's some way to automate that process and if you are doing things manually if you are um, you know tracking employee hire dates on a spreadsheet I promise you there's a better way to do that. Um, so anything else that you wanna share with our listeners before we go to the most important part of this podcast?
1: So, I, Kimberly, I have a question for Jeff. I'm curious to know. So um, with with recruiting and technology, different platforms, whether it be Indeed, ZipRecruiter, Glassdoor, of course LinkedIn, Um, where's the party at right now? Where are candidates going? Where are people going to access jobs that are available out there?
2: They go to LinkedIn and indeed, right? So I will say, and not to stereotype jobs and who's on LinkedIn, but you could almost guess who, who's on LinkedIn when I'm going to recruit, right? Or do I have to, I I've never logged into indeed in my life, but my, my team does, or where do they live on indeed? But that's where they're going and both of those when you talk about technology have made hunting for a job it's why they there's no such thing as career builder or monster anymore right they, they didn't get you know with the times they didn't keep up Um, uh, but the party's on linkedin and it's the smart job seekers not to jump into this they don't go to apply they go network and reach out they don't sit there and send their resume i come in to, to I would think on a, on a Monday and I'm still sort of old school. I go through every resume, right? I want to respect it, but I get 500 of them. And I'm like, I don't have time for this, but if that one person reaches out to me and gets me on the phone, they got me. Right. So, uh, you know, it's definitely on LinkedIn and networking, not just applying the jobs reach out to Frank, even if, you don't think he has a job open. I think LinkedIn put out a study, it was a year and a half ago, that 80% of companies really don't post jobs anymore, but they have slots, so some just put you know crap out there to get resumes. It's all about getting on LinkedIn, using your referrals and your networks to your advantage, but guess why people don't do it? It actually takes time. You can't just grab your phone to do LinkedIn, click apply, click apply, You know. They, they, they typically say the the job boards, you know, are, I forgot what the quote was, but it was, you know, the 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 late, and this isn't true anymore because COVID here and there's a lot of people out of work, but, you know, it's the lazy people that are sort of unemployed that just sit and apply all day and wait for a job. Um, and then they complain why they don't have one. Searching for a job has changed. So long-winded, but The party's on LinkedIn, my friend. Indeed is good. Indeed is good. They've changed technology and we get great candidates from there without a doubt. But LinkedIn allows you to do real homework, do real research. I know who I'm talking to. I know what they look like. I know where they went to school. And my interview is going to be better because I'm going to drop your wall down by saying, oh my God, I went to Towson so did you. Right? Boom. All of a sudden I got that rapport versus just aim and fire.
1: It's interesting you and Frank, you guys put out awesome content on LinkedIn, Kimberly as well. I mean, it's you know, I feel like I'm part of it, you all, the All-Star team today, which is amazing to see you all out there. And you know, Frank, you said a couple of times like in these uh in the DMs or whatever, when people send you all these paragraphs like delete, 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 right? So I'm going through it today right now because the people that just hit the old happy birthday button to me right real quick happy birthday oh, yeah they're kind of going towards the bottom i'll respond back but the ones that are more custom happy birthday tom so glad to how see how about you the know.
2: ones that text you at 7 30 a.m
1: yeah that's right that's called linkedin Absolutely. reaching out yeah you got it you got it but the uh when you said jeffrey just reaching out versus just hitting the apply you know that type of approach and the networking piece that's something else that talking with the team you know it's always it was a challenge in the beginning. How do I get in front of people? People aren't answering their phones. Okay, got it, right? But people certainly have maybe, you know, their, their cell phone, have access to that or, or go through their landline to get to their cell phone, get creative to get in front of people. And what we're finding is some of these virtual events where you do like you know, something like this, right? You take the time, you find the time, you invest the time to go do it. It, it will pay off. I'm thinking about some of the upcoming Sherm events. We just uh, paid for, uh, you know, we're, we're going to the Northern Virginia Sherm, DC Sherm. Uh, Chesapeake Human Resources in Maryland and Philly, and it's all virtual, right? And, and so the team's asking, hey, should we do this? And it's absolutely we should be doing this, right? We'd better be networking. we better be jumping into the middle of it. And it's a different format, we know, but it's still going to you know pay off in the end. So I think that the networking piece, regardless of how you do it or what you do, is, is paramount for sure in this environment.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. And I was going to also say to Jeff, I agree that the format of LinkedIn definitely allows you to build rapport. But what about those old school hiring managers that don't want to be contacted? In social media and they're like well I wanted you to apply this way with your cover letter standing on one foot you know it, 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 because I agree with you you do get the people who are more proactive that are going to be the go-getters that are going to be creative in how they approach things but unfortunately there are still some hiring managers and some organizations that aren't open to that so how do you get them to understand the flip side of how the technology and the aggressive candidate can be beneficial to them in their organization
2: yeah i mean it's a conversation i see it all the time um where it's like come on you know especially in the industry i'm in right now heavy mortgage i've always have been if you're not interviewing making a hire same day they're gone i mean there the, are our, our acceptance right now is it, usually 99.9 percent. we're probably one out of 11 last week that accepted Because everybody wants them. Everyone's overpaying. So what I tell some of these people, and we have some, I say, listen, I can't tell you how to run your business, but I can tell you, you're missing out on real good people by, by doing it this way or not allowing them to do it this way or only, you know, having to apply. You gotta, I'm not saying get rid of old school. It works. I get good resumes that come in, but you know, uh, just like the guy said, sometimes you you know you got to switch a little bit, and these companies really need to utilize, especially now that we're all remote, the technology. But I just have a conversation, and half the time they don't care, right? But I just say, hey, listen, I'm telling you, if you did things a little different. I had a, a client ask me for a resume yesterday, and I kind of I got pissy with them as a joke. I'm like, resume? I'll send you the LinkedIn you know, thing, right? And obviously I know I need one, but they're so old school, I was trying to ruffle their feathers. But I just say you're gonna miss out on good people, right? if you don't take that phone call and you're a hiring manager, my last two people I've hired found me. I had it posted, but they got me on the phone and sold me, right? So I always say, if you don't take the time, if you're too lazy to respond or get on that quick call, I'm sure everyone on here gets those, hey, you got five minutes, I wanna pick your brain. The answer is yes yes i do let's talk right worst case scenario you build a a referral but I, I try to just you know have an honest conversation about you're missing some good people by being lazy or by not being lazy you can be lazy right use
1: technology but they're you know how that goes
2: half the time they don't care
1: so our, our uh, chief revenue officer sent me a text right before this call i kid you not we were on a, a leadership call and a team call early this morning, having a conversation around here we are a week left in the month, in the quarter and everything else, just getting everybody charged up. And uh, he sent me a Dr. Seuss quote and I said, you know what, I'm going to share on the podcast. So it def- definitely ties into Jeff, what you're saying around candidates and being proactive and taking action. And it's, you have brains in your head, you have feet in your shoes, you can steer yourself in any direction you choose.
0: I like it. <laughs> awesome. Um, Frank, do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners?
3: Yeah. I mean, I've had the experience. So as for our own hiring, some of what Jeff's alluded to and Tom, people will reach out to me. They'll, they'll connect with me. They'll, they'll see that, Oh, this is the, he's the guy at the company where I'm trying to get this job here. So they'll you know hit me up. I think there's a fine line between, you know, kind of easing in and trying to network a little bit and stand out. And then there's the, like the, you mentioned the word aggressive. There's, there's the, there's where the aggressive piece is like, Ooh, I might send the note and say, if so and so applies here, please watch out because they don't stop messaging me or they're being, you know, so as you go above and beyond. I think there's, you need to stand out. I feel like right now we did, we just, we, we hired for three positions, one job posting got over, it's almost 700 applicants. Um, so, that's it was like insane and for our HR person that's the most she was dealing with it and she's like this is crazy all the job applicants we got and it's how do you stand out how do we filter through 700 applicants how do we find the best people and so the people that stand out those are the to be the ones that are rememberable but um I would say if you're going to hit someone up on LinkedIn um, I would keep it to LinkedIn. There's people that have applied for jobs that will like message me at like friend request me on Facebook and Facebook for me is a little bit more personal. So I would keep it to LinkedIn, but I would say, be very, you know, don't, don't go above and beyond. You want to stand out that's great uh, but I would say keep it to a minimum because there are going to be you never know who's on the receiving end me I make a lot of content so you might get a response from me and a little different than you would from someone who's maybe a little bit more old school that's going to be like wow this person you know sent me a, a video message and I've never even seen one on LinkedIn and they sent me a video DM so yeah I would say stand out but be very cautious of how aggressive you are, especially with with someone who might be making the decision on, on you having a position at a company.
0: So I definitely appreciate you sharing your insights on technology and the digital transformation and how we can utilize all of these things to impact the business. But I think what our listeners are really waiting for is to know what is in your glass. So what is in your glass when you are relaxing after you've done all of the things to save the digital world what is your cocktail of choice and I will start with Jeff
2: you guys are gonna laugh everyone always does sometimes I'm embarrassed to order them but I'm a Tom Collins guy and as soon as I order it they're like you're not 80 what are you doing (laughs) I don't know I mean that's what Tom served me when we were in college and I'm I'm still on
0: it so we should probably call it a Tom Herb then right yeah yeah. So
2: that's Honestly, I mean, I'm a big golfer, so golfing a, a nice beer is easy. I'm not a big drinker, but but if I'm having a, a glass with some Bombay Sapphire and some, you know, sour mix, um, I'm old school, but it gets the job done.
0: All right. All right. Well, you'll see that on the HRN Cocktails Instagram in the next week or so. I will definitely make a Tom Collins. I'll slash Tom (laughs) Herbert. Tom what's in your glass.
1: So it it will be there in about two and a half hours. Okay. It's going to be uh, half coffee and then the rest is going to be this six and 20 Carolina cream right Mm. out of uh, Powdersville, South Carolina. Uh, This time last year I was ringing in my 40th birthday in Charleston. And uh, was down there on one of the streets, and stopped in a store and picked up a bottle of this six and twenty, and big coffee fanatic, and so mixing a little bit of this six and twenty in there. Actually, interesting story uh, on how it got started. If the founder down there, you all can check it out online the six and twenty distillery. But they have two drinks uh, in, in their recipes online that my wife and I have not tried yet, and we will. One's called a Carolina Hurricream, and then the other one's a Carolina Cream Cookie. So mm. you know, giving it a shot. And, uh, but this stuff's really good.
0: Well, I'll have to get swing by and get a shot of that so that I can make that on the um, Instagram. I will tell you that when I was in Charleston a couple of years ago, I went to this place called the gin joint It's super cute. It's like in a little alley. Um, but I liked it because he had this menu and you can have him create a drink. It has about 30 adjectives and you choose two, and then he'll make you a drink from it. So I wanted mine strong and herbal and he made a really awesome rosemary gin concoction of some sort that was amazing. So when oh, I go to Charleston, I'll have to check that out and you have to check out Gin Joint when you go. So Frank, what's in your glass?
3: Nothing better than a nice neat McAllen 18. That
0: is my, my go-to.
3: Damn. Glass. I know. And that's it.
0: Awesome. Well, I um, will not have that because the I have a 15, but I don't have, um, <laughs> don't have an 18. <laughs> Maybe I'll have to, you're in Chicago, right? Maybe I'll have to swing by and, 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 and take a shot with you when I'm there. It will be a slow sip. It won't be a shot. I'm actually in our new I'm in New Haven uh, in Connecticut. In Connecticut, sorry. Yes, in Connecticut. Yes. And then I'll also have to get a lobster roll in. Oh yeah. Um <laughs> well awesome. Well, thank you all so much. I absolutely appreciate your time um, and sharing your insights with us. Um and we will um make sure to get all of these drinks up on our HR and Cocktails Instagram. And also make sure that you are checking out our Alexa app um, if you haven't already. Um, you just download it on your Alexa enabled device. It is the 60 second HR update Monday through Friday. You can get a 60 second HR tip. Thank you. And we will talk to you all soon. Thank you for joining us this month on HR and Cocktails. Please make sure to visit our website at www.prescotthr.com, where you can subscribe to the show. And while you're at it, if you're interested in learning more about our consulting services, please complete the contact form on the website. And don't forget to tell a friend about Prescott HR, home of Unintimidated HR.